today we are covering episode 5, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. Here comes Buffy again with solid dating advice. Buffy really has a lot of dating advice in this episode. There's just a lot of awkward teenage cringe in this episode. And I love it so fucking much. I love it. I just love it so much. It is realistic. It's a good episode. This is like when I was first watching Buffy, like I think like back in high school, this was the one, this was the episode that I'm like, okay, this is my show. Like I knew I liked it already because I watched it when I was like little, but this was like when I started watching it all the way through, this was the episode that like got me. Wait, so did you watch it when it was on TV? Or did you, like, get DVDs later and watch it? I watched it on Netflix, because it used to be on Netflix. Okay. So I watched it with my dad when it was on TV, when I was, mm. like, really young, when I was, like, seven. Yeah. And then I watched it all the way through when it was on Netflix. Got it. And then I got the DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I watched it, and then, like, I rewatched it a bunch. Of course. So, yeah. And... But this was so, when you were watching on Netflix, how you knew you were, you were going to binge yeah. it at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, like, I was already, like, committed I was going to finish it. But, like, this one, we have, like, the team coming together. We have just good character development. It's, it's a solid episode. Solid lines. Lots of good lines in this episode. Yeah. So, um, do we have any business to take care of up front? Let's see, we do want my local coffee shop, Coffee and Cream, to sponsor us because we are fueled by it every yes. episode. It's a thing now. Please reach so, out. Yup. Like, we just take free coffee at this point. Like, you don't even have to give us money. It's so good. And we have cheesecake, too. And horoscope chocolate, which I don't know what makes it special about being Libra chocolate, but, you know... Horoscope chocolate. If you know more about horoscopes and want to tell us what Libra chocolate would be, please let us know. I want to know your theories. I know, and it can't have lavender in it because I'm allergic. I feel like just from everything I know about horoscopes on um, TikTok. You're gay and allergic to lavender. How do you live? Why is that a gay... Yes. I don't know. Everything... Yes, I'm allergic to lavender. It makes me break out in hives. I've never tried to ingest it because I feel like that's a bad plan. That is a bad plan. If something makes you break out in hives, I feel like you should have tried to drink it or eat it. This is a bad tangent for me to go on because I don't really know this queer history that well, but I don't really know why lavender is Oh, yeah. It's the lavender marriages. is the Or is it violet marriages? Where, like... Violets are also gay. Um, yeah, but, like, there was, like, one of those, it was gay people marrying someone of the opposite sex to, like, cover... Oh, interesting. For it. Like, I think it might have been lilac, or it might have been lavender, but it was something like that, and, like, violets and, like, purple flowers in general were, like, used as, like, a code. Yeah. Like, if you wore them, it was like, hey, I'm gay, without being, like, identified by the police. And at one point, the, I can't remember if I thought it was a rise lesbian, the concept of lesbianism was referred to as the lavender menace. And I think at one point, there was a society that called themselves the Lavender Panthers. I could be totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's a thing. I mean, I think so. I All I know is from Jessica kelgan Fozard. Um, YouTube videos. Yes. So she made a whole video about it. 
I'm not sh sure. Um, but yeah, I'm allergic to lavender. But anyway, also, if you want a flower taste in your coffee and you don't want lavender, rose tastes really good. Tastes like berries, and I like it. Rose and chocolate. Mm, yeah. I, that does which sound good. Is also a coffee and cream. They have a <laughs> lot of they have a lot of different flavors we that you brought can it add. back around. You can. They have a lot of different flavors you can add in your coffee that, like, I only see at independent coffee shops. Support yep. local businesses. Yep. My sorry, my cat is a guest on our show today. She decided to join us. She was sitting on my notes, but, you know, she stayed after I took them out from under her, which means she's officially here for the whole show. Yep. So anyway, let's get on to the show. We open with, shockingly, in Puffy the Vampire Slayer, we're back to vampires. I know. We're very happy about this. I mean, next episode, we're going to go back to not vampires, but we're back to vampires for an episode. Yeah, vampires are back. Yeah. And Buffy just opens fighting generic vampire number one, basically. Mm-hmm. And she's fighting them for a few seconds. Giles pops up from behind the gravestone with a notebook and is like, you fought too much. You should have just stab and go. <laughs> stab and go. And Puffy's like, but I like fighting them. Giles gives notes is what I wrote down. Yeah, I said... Yeah, I said Giles is critiquing her technique, which I just love. Like, talking about character development. Like, Giles, I just love, he was just hiding behind a gravestone, taking notes on how Buffy is slaying vampires, and it's great. I think he should have given her a snappy rhetoric score, because oh. she leaves up with, I don't think we've been introduced, I don't even remember if she says Buffy that or whatever, and she says, and your history. And that's what, he did critique her on that. He said he she shouldn't have done that. Oh. That she should have just stake and go. Stake and Giles, go. you have to give snappy lines. It's yes. part of it. Yes. Um, he's basically a superhero. Listen, I don't know, this is not related at all, but I wanted um, to say for some some reason, there's an episode where, like, the whole gang loses their memory, and Giles thinks that Spike is his son because they're both English. Interesting. <laughs> but anyway, that's, we should just make a whole other, like, piece of the show that's, like, Cat puts in a random Spike <laughs> trivia bit. Like, that's Until we get to Spike. That's, well, not even until. Just, like, that's just a part of the show now. Cat's Spike Corner. Yes. That's not creative. We need a better name. Well, we need something to put on t-shirts. Yeah. And mugs. And we mugs. need mugs. Do you know the podcast Office Ladies? Yes. By the way, we came up next to them when I searched up our yes! podcast. Success! I, I took a screenshot to send to you, but... I love that. Um, because I knew you would be very excited. They were like our the first podcast. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so I I listen to them a lot, and I started following their Instagram, and it seems like they have so much merch. Like they'll do a one off line at one point, and the next show they'll be like, "And here's mugs." And I'm pretty sure it's because they've like got the big podcasting group behind them, like yeah. Earwolf. But I'm like, how do you just make merch of everything? Well, I mean, making merch isn't hard. You can go on Cafe Press and literally just make anything. That is true. So and then it costs money. Or go on Etsy 
and just do it with a cricket. I guess. So, I mean, that would be my plan for future merchandising is to, like, get a cricket. Got it. If we I had, have no idea what a cricket is. It's Well, you can, like, print off vinyl letters and, like, stick it to okay. things. So, um, like, if we got to let us know if you're interested in merchandising on episode five. But, I mean, <laughs> hey, if you are, that would be real neat. And if enough people say they're interested... Then, like, I will buy a cricket and make some merchandise. Because, you know, Lord knows I only have two free days a week. I need to not have free time. Yeah, you know, Kat just has just giant swaths of unused time. Listen. That isn't being used by actively producing a podcast right now. I have productivity anxiety. I need to constantly be doing something. I can't just relax. I'm going to get you into video games. That's how you beat that. Because there's always something new to do in a video game. I need to finish Portal. Oh, I still have not finished Portal. I am on a, have been on the same fucking level for like a decade. I would love to do a Let's Play with you of Portal. Oh, we that could be a whole other thing. And there will be a lot... If you have a Twitch, I will do that. And you can help me um, beat Chamber 17. I don't have a Twitch, but I might Twitch just for this. Yeah, just to see me swear at Gladys. I would love to see you swear at Gladys. That sounds like That's, a good oh, time. I once got so, oh my god, what the fuck are they called? The turrets? The little robots that shoot oh, at you? But yeah, those Yeah, things. I once got so scared of, this was before I was on anxiety meds. <laughs> I once got so scared of one of those shooting at me that I threw my friend's laptop into a piece of cheesecake. Nice. So, yeah, she had, we were, like, sitting on her bed, and she had, like, cheesecake behind it. I, like, threw the laptop. Wow. Because I got so scared. Love and that. She goes, this is a video game. You just <laughs> threw my laptop and do a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah. So that's what playing video games with me is like. Are you sure you want to do this? I do. Okay. I think it'll be a good time. Well, look out for our Twitch stream, guys, for a totally <laughs> different experience. I know my friend Vaughn is Dr. Bob House on Twitch, and he supports the podcast, so... Oh, yeah. Free advertising for him. Go support him, Dr. Bob House, on Twitch. Yay. If this um, still isn't and doesn't get cut. I love you, Vaughn. If I do cut stuff, I'll, like, I'll leave him the plug, because I know he supports our podcast, and also, like, friend... Friends. Yeah, friends. Support your friends. friends. Yay, friends. Support your friends stuff. It's important. <laughs> oh my god, this is going to be the longest episode ever. It's going to be fine. Where were we? Um, Giles is giving notes, and Buffy um, dusts the vampire, and then like a ring falls off. Which I think is how they knew it was supernatural, because this is the first time... Ever that something has been left behind when a vampire is dusted. That's right, yeah. Because their clothes are never left behind, not, no jewelry, anything. But this ring is still left behind. And Buffy goes, oh, that's cool. I kill them and you fence their stuff. Which I feel means, like we lose track of the ring like halfway through the episode, too. It doesn't come back after like, I mean, one scene. They keep talking about the symbol that was That is on right, because the there is a symbol on the ring. It's a sun and three stars. Yeah, and 
Giles tries to say that it's not a thing, which I think is super funny. And Buffy's like, no, I recognize that. That's a symbol is a sun and three stars. And Giles like, no, I never seen that before. That's not a thing. And then Buffy turns to the page in the book. It's like, no, see, a sun and three stars. Yeah, Buffy did her homework for once. Like, Giles like, has been reprimanding her for so long to... Take this more well, seriously. And she does. And, and she has, that just, she has been, like, we have character development, friends. Yeah, Giles should really be impressed by Buffy in this episode. I know, because she's like, no, see, look, it's right there. Like, he outschools her, and we skipped a master scene. We did. We should go back, because Voldemort is back. Yeah, and Giles says he needs to look into his book, and then we see a super dusty book slammed down on a table. But it's not Giles. It's the master. Yes. And he starts reading, and it definitely sounds like the Bible. And he just keep he keeps quoting the vampire Bible. Yeah, he has this whole prophecy thing going on. I have questions about this for you. Okay. So, obviously, there's, like, a lot going on with this prophecy. Yeah. Would this prophecy have come into play had the master's original plan back in episodes one and two worked? I mean... Probably not, because, which is weird, because that was also supposed to be like a prophecy, the harvest. Yeah, the harvest. It was supposed to be a prophecy, but then he's like, for it is written, for it is written. And I'm like, well, then you fucking had to fail at the harvest. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have, you wouldn't need the anointed one coming up later, or any of this other shit. If the harvest would have worked, because if the harvest worked, it, you would have broken through your barrier and would have already been able to walk the surface, which yeah. is weird. So it's kind of like relying yeah. on him failing the first time for yeah. him to have another ancient prophecy to fulfill. I mean, yeah, which we don't really address because they didn't know if the pilot was going to get picked up, so we don't need to talk about that. Speaking of the Anointed One. He also, he says the anointed one, he also, he name drops himself. He's like, the master shall rise. Did you write this? <laughs> Did you write the prophecy? And why do you know that you are the master? That's a good question. I don't know. I also don't know if that's ever addressed. I think it was just meant to be creepy. But when you look at it in this light, I'm like, he's talking about a prophecy about himself that almost sounds like he wrote it. I mean, also Jesus does the same thing. That is true. A lot. But Jesus knows the prophecies were about him. Yeah, that's true. Because Jesus is omnipotent. And yeah. That comes with it. I don't know. Well, also in this world, we think do we think vampires are, like certain vampires, like the Master, are omnipotent? Because in the first episode, Giles is all like talking about how like vampires were the real first ones to rule the earth on like other common mythology, obviously referring to the Bible. Oh, that's right. And they're all demons. So we yeah. can say that they've been around for really they've, as long as we they've want them to been be. along for like it's stated that they were the first they're called the old ones. Like they were yeah. around before humans. So do we think the master is omnipotent? Which is gives like slight listen, we're already gonna piss off all the Christians with this podcast, <laughs> so we're not really concerned about that. But in case anyone is getting pissed off by this conversation, it's a TV show. Okay, there the we show. go. There's that. There, 
Good, we covered all our bases. Yeah, in case there are any Christians that somehow thought this podcast was going to be along their vibe. I don't know. I just think it's really funny that the Master is going on a prophecy about himself. Yeah, that is real weird. Especially after his last prophecy, quote-unquote, with the harvest, epically failed. Oh, yeah. So, it says there's a special... There's a special vampire called the Anointed One that he says in, like, super bible language is supposed to send the Slayer to, basically, to hell. I don't remember. He says to hell. Does he, he say says to the hell? Slayer goes to hell. And I'm like, that's a very specific thing. It's like, Buffy sounds like she could go to hell and come back. That just sounds like something Buffy could do. That's Your face says me that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what I... Um, already covered, but it says Buffy is better at tracking runes than Giles is, because Giles is like, well, it doesn't really look like this rune, but I guess it could be, because that's the closest I could find, and Buffy's like, nah, it's this one, see? Yeah, we're back in the library and Buffy schools Giles. Which is just super fun. And then another student comes into the library while they're talking about this. And it's so funny because even Giles is like, what are you doing here? Yep. (laughs) And he just replies back that he's a librarian, remember? Yeah, he goes, this is a library. Remember? You're a librarian. Yep. This is a school. And, yeah, Buffy just has to remind him that he has a job other than being the Watcher. And there's, you know, a cover. Giles has, like, two modes with Buffy right now. And it's Big Father Energy, which we're also going to come back in this episode. It's a great moment for it. I love it. And then them both just roasting each other mercilessly. Yeah, that's why I said this episode, like I said, was, like, the linchpin episode. Because this episode is where you really get where the characters start to be who they're going to be for the series. Because that really is Giles for the rest of the series. It's big dad energy and then, like, him and Buffy just sassing each other. It's so good. Like, that's just them for the rest of the series. I love that. Especially when Spike comes into play. Um, where were we? Owen came in. <laughs> Owen! Owen. Straight people. Ew. <laughs> so Owen comes into the library, who is the other student, and um, he asked for Emily Dickinson poetry, which also, yes, another queer name drop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about that until I just now. More queer people in Buffy. More... Emily Dickinson. Woo! We love her. I do love her. And I also love the drop that Owen does that goes, she talks a lot about death and bees for some reason. Yeah. Which is true. Like, why does she talk about bees so much? I have not read a lot of Emily Dickinson, I got really into her in high school just because she was one of the only female poets we covered. Yeah. It was like, um, Walt Whitman, someone else, Mark Twain, the one who wrote The Pawn. The, oh my god, what the fuck was his name? It started with an E. Emerson? Yeah. But, like, and then there was Emily Dickinson. And I'm like, you are a woman. I will read you. (laughs) Who else knows Emily Dickinson is a woman? Buffy? Huh? Yep, Yeah, there's that line where Giles goes, oh, she's pretty good for, and Buffy, like, goes after him and goes, 
woman? And he's like, no, American. Yeah. He goes, no, it's good. And then I wrote, it didn't happen, but I was really, I really wanted Giles to say something supernatural. She's like, she's pretty good for a woman. No, Harpy. Yeah. Be like, that would be great. Let's retcon all the famous people as beasts and yes. supernatural creatures. But... He asked for it, and Buffy, like, tries to, like, act like she knows what she's talking about. She goes, yes, I also read Emily Dickens. <laughs> Dickinson. Yeah. Buffy just becomes, like, a babbling idiot in this scene. And I love it. And then he leaves, and Buffy's like, I need all of your Emily Dickinson right now. And Which John's- is super relatable. Who has not been interested in someone who has, like, tried to latch onto their interests immediately after and then Giles goes, why? Because <laughs> we love Giles, just being clueless. We love Giles, period. <laughs> we really do. Oh, yeah. So he goes, oh, yeah, Owen is, like, low-key, has, like, capital N, capital G, nice guy energy at certain yeah. moments. There's, like, moments in this episode where he's, like, a precious bean. But then there's other moments where he has, like, nice guy energy. And I'm like, oh, Owen, why you gotta ruin it? I, like, We'll get to it later. I figure what I yeah, But I have, yeah. I have what I think is Owen's diagnosis. And you can disagree with me. But I have a very specific what I think they tried to do with Owen. Okay. But, like, in the beginning he goes, oh, I'm surprised you're in the library. I'm like, okay, dick. Because he basically says she's too pretty to read. Does it seem... I feel like Owen, like, was kind of inserted as a, oh, we should know who this person is. He's super popular. Buffy's all enthralled. Like, we've never seen this person before. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we were supposed to know who he was. I I just think it was like, oh, cute guy at school. Buffy tries to have a relationship. It's true, but not only does Buffy find this guy cute, we're, we go into this, so does Willow, so does Cordelia. Like, yeah. everyone's on board with this guy we've never seen before. And also, I want to put this in Willow's queer tracker, not the flannel that she's wearing, but that also That's went. also important. Willow That's, wears a flannel in the cafeteria scene, which is next. As someone who I latched onto Willow as being my relatable character... Like, the character I relate to the most was a lot of, like, comphet relationships, and that's something that I did in, like, middle school, less so in high school, but Mm -hmm. definitely in middle school where I'm like, everyone else likes this boy. I, too, like boy. Yeah. So I feel like that, like, could also, like, apply to Willow. And definitely, you know, canonically, I do think Willow is bi because of Oz. And people who are listening to this who have watched Buffy before know who Oz is. But, like, she does have a relationship with a man that is, like, very genuine and very loving and whatever. Mm. And not whatever. But it is, like, not just, like, comp head. decently healthy relationship. Yeah, it's not just, like, comp head crush. Like, yeah. we see here, and, like, her crush on Xander could yeah. be argued to be. And, like... I don't know if I fully agree with that. I do... I don't think that's going to be comp head. I mean, it's not, like, a real... She can have feelings, but she's obviously... He has never reciprocated him, so it's always from her side. Yeah, and I also feel like it's half comp... Like, I wouldn't say, like, comp I feel like her feelings for Owen 
our Dunkley comp had of uh, like that, yeah. are like ones that like I felt where it's like all the girls in school like boy. I too like boy. Yeah. Even if like no butterflies are felt. Exactly. I don't see it. Like I'm like, yes, he is aesthetically pleasing, but doesn't really do anything for me. And where Xander, I definitely also have these crushes where I've like you are close to me. You support me as a friend. Like, you, you know, like, yeah. those things. And then you confuse those. You see on TV shows, on rom-coms, on everything, that you're like, that's the guy you're supposed to be in love with. Xander and, and Willow have, like, a very, I'm just like, boy-girl-next-door relationship right yeah. now. Yeah. So, like, I feel like a lot of her, so I don't want to say, like, it's comp-het because that has a different connotation. But I feel like it is that, but in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I now thinking about it more, it definitely could be, like, I can see her having company and that immediately, like, putting Xander in that position. Yeah. Being like, oh, well, you know, he's here. Yeah, just like, I'm supposed to like a guy. Like, I'm a girl. Yep. I'm a teenager. I'm supposed to like a guy. Xander is, like, my only friend. <laughs> so I must like Xander. Yeah. You know, like, I feel, and I do, like, obviously not to discount that she, like, genuinely cares for him and whatever, and she could genuinely have jealousy over his feelings for Buffy, because neither Willow or Xander really had any other friends outside of each other. Yeah. So then you have this new girl come in. Willow had Amy once. In an kind of, <laughs> kind, but like if we're going for just what we see yeah. and like not really like you know all the things we see kind of on the side like we have Xander and Willow like they were Xander and Willow and then Buffy comes in which is interesting because I almost feel like you would almost think that Xander would be like oh I should be dating a girl Willow's here yeah does that ever happen Yes, I will just spoil it. Yes. Yes, please go ahead. And it's super... We never said we don't do spoilers It's super fucked up because do you care if I spoil it for you? You can go ahead, yeah. Xander ends up dating Cordelia. Interesting. And he cheats on her with Willow. I almost find the Cordelia thing harder to believe. Yeah, he cheats on... And Willow is dating someone else as well. Which, it pisses me off that she cheats on him with Xander more than it pisses me off that Xander... It does, actually. Yeah. Because Xander and Cordelia actually make a good couple, surprisingly. Really? Okay, I, I really... Like I said, Cordy gets some good character development. Good. She actually, like, becomes a part of the Scooby gang, officially. Good. It really pisses me off, like, the way they did that. And it's just kind of, like... I don't remember exactly, but they do actually, like, date for, like, two weeks, and okay. it's a mess. Oh, I'm certain them dating is a mess. I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner. Yeah. I mean, they did date when they were five. That doesn't count. They broke up because he stole her, her Barbie. Barbie. Yeah. And also, can we talk about how Xander stole her Barbie? As a like, five-year-old? Yeah. Do we want to talk about problematic masculinity? Is this what we're going down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just like that, just... Touching on that. But I Don't feel... Don't allow your small male children to be dicks. 
Yeah, I mean, oh no, I was just talking about how Xander wanted a Barbie as a five-year-old. Oh, I didn't know we were going down that. That's also interesting. Oh yeah, that's what I, if your son wants a Barbie, buy him a Barbie. Yeah. So he doesn't have to steal one from his kindergarten girlfriend and cause an end to a beautiful relationship that was obviously going to continue their whole lives. Just, just trace back all of Xander's drama to just not getting a Barbie <laughs> Yeah, a child. that was all yeah. it. All of his trauma. So anyway, we went on a whole tangent. I know, we are in the cafeteria with Willow and Buffy and um, Xander and Cordelia show up. Oh, not together. I did want to. I did want to point out the super fun scene where um, Buffy hides the vampire book from Owen because Owen. Oh yeah. Where I was saying Owen has big nice guy energy. Where he's like, oh, what kind of books do you read? And he goes, oh, what's that one? And it was the book they were looking at that had, like, all the ancient runes in it. Yeah. And then they, she goes, not this one. And then Giles is like, yeah, she doesn't like this book. She hates this <laughs> book. And she, like, sits on it. It's such a good line from and Giles. She doesn't so- like this book now. She doesn't like this book. But, um, yeah, then we go to the cafeteria, and Willow and Buffy are both very excited about the fact that Owen was talking to her. Yes. This is where Willow's wearing the flannel. Yeah, Willow's Um, wearing, like, a red... Plant and seeds. A red flannel and, like, pink jeans, and I'm, like, totally digging (laughs) it. Like, I was just, like, fascinated by Willow's outfit in this scene. And... Then they sit down, and Xander's, like, already at their lunch table, and he's, like, not about Buffy being interested in someone. Xander, I think, walks the line this episode between being unrealistic, not unrealistic, unhealthily jealous. That's not a word. Well, I don't think it's on, I think it's, like, exaggerated because it's a TV show, but I don't think it's unhealthy, and this isn't just me, like, trying to make a case for Xander. But I think it's, like, you know, like, played up, and it's a little, like, played up because it's Buffy and everything is a little more corny. Oh, yeah. But... No, I don't think this is against... I mean, I would argue that Xander has multiple moments in this movie where he's not a good friend. But... Yeah. (laughs) But I think there's, like, you know, it's like if your crush is going on a date or talking about liking someone else, you're not going to be happy about it. That's you true. Know, but like, I also think Xander has a lot of, like, I think Xander has a lot of healthy friend moments in this episode, too, oh, where yeah. he is trying to be cautious for Buffy. Yeah. And he is helpful, and it gets, he bounces back and forth between being like, this was a bad thing to say to Buffy because you're jealous, and this was a good thing to say to Buffy because you're a good friend. Yeah. And he, like, walks that line and goes back and forth in this episode, I think. Yeah. For sure. And then... They see, and Buffy specifically points out that she finds Owen attractive because he's broody. And I'm like, who else do we know that's broody? That is it Angel? It is Angel. I specifically wrote... Is it almost anyone on Buffy besides maybe Giles? And Willow. Willow's not broody. Not yet. Does Willow get broody? I can see Willow be like once. Okay. And I wouldn't necessarily call it broody. She like literally tries to blow up the entire earth. You know, as you do. I wouldn't call that broody. Good. Well, we love our girl. Yeah. Not like a bad way. I could just see Willow being like, I'm an angsty witch now. Grr. Yeah, that is (laughs) what happens, except angsty is like a very light way to put it. Got it. Some shit goes down. Um, and I'm going to try to be goth, but 
not be very good at it. Xander, Xander literally saves the entire Earth by giving Willow a hug, and it nice. makes me cry. Like, Aww. like it's that's my the speech that like gets to me the most. Mm -hmm. Nothing, not even the season finale moment with Spike that we've talked about a little bit that I said like mm. kills me. It's that moment. It's Vander talking Willow down from destroying the earth. It's just like It's like a jump up from sense. like let's protect Sunnydale to the entire planet. Yeah, and it's like it's not lover like it's not like a love saves the day. It is a love saves the day, but it's a platonic love yeah. saves the day. And that is my shit. That's important, yeah. And it's, yes, I just like, random Good. tangent, we'll get there. And I will get very emotional <laughs> as we get into the later seasons. And I decide, that is one of the episodes we have to have Steven as a guest on because he is my Xander. Like, my, we ignore he all. He is your Xander-shaped friend. Yeah, we ignore all the romantic parts of Xander and Willow, because <laughs> that's not a thing. But he's my Xander. Yeah. He's in my phone as Xander Lavelle Harris. Good. Because his middle name is Lavelle. Nice. Lest that. we forget from last episode. So, um, yeah, they are, like, dreamily looking at Owen reading a book by himself at the lunch table, which I like to say, unrealistic. I did that a lot in school. Nobody looked at me dreamily that I know of. I mean, they might have, but they never tried to come up to me and hit on me and ask me to go to a teen nightclub with them. Is Owen popular? I. It seems like he is. Everyone's obsessed with him, but then he does these things like read alone at a lunch table. Like, Cordelia's about to go in and be, like, really jealous that, like, he's taking interest in Buffy. And, like, yeah. Cordelia should be, like, pursuing the popular people from what we've seen about her at this time. Right. But it seems like in every situation, he never connects with any of the other popular kids. Right. At the like, bronze, he's always alone with whatever date he's there at. And I'm like, are you popular? Or are, is Buffy and Willow just projecting onto him that he is? I don't know. But, like, Cordelia's into him. Which, yeah. like, makes us think that he is. Or maybe Cordelia is just like, he's unattainable. I don't know. I don't know either. I, was I don't thinking, know. I was like, it's never really defined whether Owen is supposed to be a popular figure or not. I think he's just hot. He's hot. He he is actually attractive. Oh, and our tracker we referenced a couple episodes ago about whether or not Angel was hot. We realized that Angel becomes more attractive if he opens his eyes. Yeah. Because he appears in this episode and he is, at least in my opinion, significantly more attractive than he has been in past episodes. And I'm like, oh, he's not squinting. But they are very much, in my opinion, generic high school attractive person. I mean, yeah. They should form a band. Be NSYNC. They're basically just NSYNC. You haven't met Oz yet. He is in a band. Oh, good. It's a good band. They play at the bronze. So they have to be a good band. Yeah. Their bronze music still slaps. Bronze music does slap. So Cordelia also, I like to point out, when Cordelia tries to ask Owen out, she refers to going to the bronze as loitering. She yeah. goes, let's go loiter at the bronze. And I'm like, it's not close, Cordy. You I feel like go. she was just saying it to sound cool. Like, this sounds like something a writer would be like, you know what cool kids say? We're going to loiter at the bronze. 
pronouns. Yeah. It's like, I feel like you don't know what lawyering is. And Owen, like, looks away from Cordelia and just goes, so Buffy, are you going to go to the Bronx? Cordelia asks him to go to the Bronx. He says, who's going to be there? She's like, I will be there. And he's like, oh, Buffy, are you going to be there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Buffy went up to this table as well at yes, one point. Completely shutting down Cordelia. Yeah. And it's very funny. So, I don't remember if you go to the library. Probably. We have the Willow and Buffy are talking about the date. And then Giles runs into them. And they're like, and he's like, what are you talking about? And they're like talking about boys. And he goes, I have trouble. Right here. That's when we did yes, it. Yes, this is when we did it. Right here in River City. With a capital With a capital T. And, and that, that rhymes with V. And, and it stands for vampires. vampires. Um, and so. I was also waiting for Giles to be like, boys are trouble. I mean, basically, yeah. Um, you would know, Giles, you did some shit in college. Giles says that he's found out about this prophecy for the Anointed One and wants Buffy to go hang with him in a cemetery that evening. <laughs> you know, as you do with your school librarian. Yeah. Um, to which Buffy goes, I have a date. And um, he's like, there's more important things than dating. And then... We flash to them at the cemetery, and they're just sitting there, and nothing's happening. And she's like, which is funny, which I love. We get a solid Buffy and Giles interaction, and Buff because Buffy's like, so can I go? And he's like, yeah. I just wrote my favorite part of the scene is what Buffy is wearing. Buffy is in a giant, fluffy, leopard print <laughs> Coat. And I'm digging and it's it. So good. Because her hood is up and she's just sort of like curled up in her coat. I know, like Buffy's like ready to go survive a fashionable windstorm and Giles is there as well. And she's she's just sort of like perched on a grave and like just like curled up in this cheetah print coat. And I'm just like, you know what? Me too, Buffy. I would like to thank the costume department for that decision. It is yeah. a solid decision. So she goes to the bronze. And she sees Oh, wait, Owen. we have the bus happen before that. Oh, that does happen before that. We are on a bus. There's a bus driving. And we learn later, apparently it's a van. It is yeah. just a public van. It's a public van. Not a bus. And there but... is a creepy guy just spouting what sounds like biblical nonsense. Yeah, like, you know, like Alex Jones crazy shit. Yeah. And, like, this woman is, like, guarding her child. And they make sure to zoom in on the child's face, which I don't know if you noticed. I noticed it. Because I did not, but we'll, because, it'll come back. Yeah, well, I noticed it because I knew what was going Yeah. Yeah. But no one else is really doing anything about this guy other than just looking uncomfortable. Yeah, at this moment he's, he's sitting down though. He's just spouting nonsense, which, mm -hmm. you know. And then we go to the bronze. And Buffy just sees Owen dancing with Cordelia and he looks miserable. He looks like he's not into it at all. Yeah, and like Buffy, in the past he has like totally ignored Cordelia for you. Like have some self-esteem, girl. Yeah, Buffy just stares longingly at them and leaves. Yeah, like, okay. I'm certain had Buffy walked up and said, hi, I'm here, he would have immediately disengaged from Cordelia. Like, he wouldn't really have even said anything to Cordelia. He would have just left Cordelia. Yeah, she said, oh no, they're near each other and dancing. You know what? He chose her over me. <laughs> so, yeah. No. 
that walk also, up to him. That also happens with Angel later in the series. Oh. With Angel and Cordelia literally just talking. And it's not even Angel, them talking to each other. It's literally just Cordelia talking at Angel. And Angel is just standing there doing his silent broody thing. Yeah. Like he literally, I mean, Angel always looks But they miserable. obviously must be madly in love. As Buffy thinks. Yeah. Like, I mean, Angel always looks miserable. But, like, <laughs> you know, he's literally just leaning against a pillar. Yeah. And Cordelia is just talking at him. And Buffy sees them and just gets very upset and then leaves. What and the it's heck, like, Buffy? obviously. And, like, her and Angel have, like, a set date and have been dating for, like, a couple weeks. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, like, she's, he's like, well, obviously, he chose Cordelia, even though he's a fucking vampire, and, like, yeah. you know, like, Cordelia knows nothing about the, like, it makes even less sense with Angel, and I'm like, girl, Angel has been obsessed with you from yeah. day one, like... Buffy needs to, like... Like, girl. Take a hint. Like, in the other way that people usually say that. Yeah. But do we immediately go back to the van We go back to the this? van immediately after this. And then creepy guy, like, stands up yes. and starts, like, walking all around the bus. And the van driver goes, like, dude, you need to sit down. I wrote hero bus driver. He's the only one that does anything. Yeah, he's just like, you need to sit down, sir. Which is true. Like, don't bug other passengers on the bus. Yeah. Or a van. I'm gonna call it a bus. I know. It's like... It's a bus. After the bus driver yells at him, they hit a vampire. Yeah, they just crash. And they just like... And the bus driver asks if people are okay. The bus driver go, leaves the bus yeah. after yelling at everyone, are you all good? To go over to the person he just hit with the bus and says, are you okay? Yes. <laughs> Who is now like several feet away sprawled out. Yes. Um, and then we go back to the school. And... Buffy and Xander are walking in the hallway, and this is, like, a quality Xander scene, because Buffy's like, he was dancing with Cordelia. What was I supposed to say? What was I supposed to do? Say, sorry I was late? I was off off waiting for a vampire to chop a vampire's head off? And Xander goes, or flat tire? Yeah, Xander's like, you could just say you were late, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, quality. Like, Xander's like... You know, like, we know he's jealous and doesn't want her to date Owen, but then, like, that breaks through, and he's just, like... It is a true friend moment for Xander to be, like, you're thinking too much about this. Like, you could have just said you had a flat tire. Also, Buffy is going on about how everyone knows it's Everyone at school knows she's a loser, and they're all looking... No one is paying attention to Buffy. She needs to get over herself. I, I realize know. that she feels like everyone is now judging her. No one is. Yeah. Again, like going back no to the is Owen popular? Kind of yeah. Thing. Like, there's literally, like, I think, like, once where, like, everyone is looking at Buffy, and that's because she's a murder suspect. She, like, she goes to some guy who's walking past and says, yeah, I'm the freak, right? And the guy look, looks like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? It's like, and Van, Vander in this one is, like, Buffy. You yeah. need to chill. Like he's a chill pill. I feel like Xander's like in that moment. Xander's like the friend who's like, you need to take a nap. Yeah, take a nap. Yep. Like just go to the library. I'm sure Giles will let you just go take a nap. 
Also, Chef, what Sanders should have said was, did you walk up to either of them? Yeah, I know. Like, did you actually... I think Xander does say, like, did you talk to them? Oh, yeah. He does. He says, did you talk to him? And that's when Buffy says, what was I supposed to say? I was waiting to slay a vampire. And he goes, or flat tire? Yeah, then he does the flat tire. Xander, like, is the voice of reason, which does not happen a lot. Yeah, and, and then Owen comes up to them. Yeah, Owen comes back up. This is Owen being a precious being. He, like, really goes back and forth between being a precious being and having nice guy energy. So Buffy has the perfect excuse for why she didn't show up last night. Oh my gosh, it's so great. I lost my watch, and we don't have any clocks in my house, so I don't know what time it is, or really what day it is. So they not only don't have clocks, but don't have calendars, and Buffy thinks you tell what day it is by a clock. Yeah, and then it gets better, because what happens next is Owen goes and says, I thought I was the only person that happened to, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, do you just lose track of days, Owen? That's, like, a medical problem. This is the perfect spot for what I think is my diagnosis from Owen. Oh, yeah. Owen is the male equivalent of a manic pixie dream girl. He is! He really is. And then, is. we don't need to totally get into whether or not you support the trope of a manic pixie dream girl, but, like, that's what Owen is. Yeah. He's this, you know, sensitive guy, he's reading poetry, he doesn't think he's like the rest of the world... He's yeah. lost in his thoughts. He decides to give a watch to Buffy, and it's a pocket watch. Yeah! And it is the know. 90s, y'all. <laughs> Which like, is also big, nice guy energy. Like, I'm why like, the fuck do you have a pocket watch unless you're trying to be, quote-unquote, quirky? That's some fedora. That sounds like something I would have done in high school, and I was that a little bit of that person in high school. I've grown, I hope. That's some, like, fedora guy energy. energy. It is. Yeah. And like, I was like... Like, oh, I'm different. You're I'm, a manic pixie dream boy. I'm old-fashioned. I have a pocket watch. Yeah. So, and I was like, you know what? That's that's what Owen is. Yeah. And he goes, here, so you're not late again. And gives Buffy his fucking watch. Which, if you have a pocket watch in the, ni- in the 90s, I feel like either, like, it was expensive or it was an heirloom. Like, you should just not be giving some random girl you haven't even been on a first date with. I mean, I had a pocket watch, and I'm going to guess it was between $20 and $30. Oh, but I mean, maybe. I, yeah, I, I might be never wrong. used it, so that was probably a good thing. I never hit that point of cringiness. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was cool to have. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've all been there. Um. So, yeah, Buffy assumes... Nothing dangerous is happening tonight with, she goes up to Giles and is like, okay, great, like, leans in the library, it's not the library, it's like Giles' office or yeah. something. She goes, okay, cool, nothing's happening tonight, see you tomorrow, bye! But for just to check in, it's okay to go on another date. And then Giles just goes, she is the strangest girl. Which is fair, Giles has no idea what's happening. It's accurate. And, um, which obviously means the master has plans for tonight. Yep. And then the master, like, puts up more prophecy, Bible, mumbo-jumbo. And then we go to the hanging out with your best friends to pick out an outfit for a first date. Yeah. Which is realistic. 
I've done this several times. So, yeah. you know what? Like, not going to judge on that. This was another thought part where I thought Xander had good friend energy. Yeah. Because he started actually giving good fashion advice when Buffy was like, what do you think about these two dresses? And he's like, well, he seems a little more conservative. Now, I can't tell if he was trying to be jealous or not. But I was I, like, I, I am here for Xander being, like, the actual helpful friend. I think that was him trying to be a little jealous, but, like, he wasn't wrong. So, yeah. maybe you're right. This is a flip of our roles. I know. I don't <laughs> know. I just wrote down, like, Xander gives good fashion advice. Like, I'm he here does. for Xander's being a good... And yeah. I almost, like, hate it because I almost want to... Like, if I went on this trap, I feel like it'd be, like gay best friend energy, which is not what we want to go for. Yeah, but, and I don't think that is what they're going for. Yeah. I just, he also tries to put her in a winter coat and a ski cap, which also, why does Buffy have that? Yeah. She used to live in LA. Like, why does yeah, she why does have, have that? A giant coat? She has that heavy of a winter coat and a ski cap, and Buffy and Xander's like, the ski cap brings out your eyes. Yeah. Which is... Which is unfortunate. I was, like, ready for Xander to be so good in this scene, and then... Which, I mean, that wasn't bad. It was, like, two seconds, and Buffy and Willow rolled their eyes at him, and then it was over. It was fine. I don't know. I just... And then I'm really here for Xander being, like, big friend energy. Yes. And then Xander looks in Buffy's makeup, and that's a little weird. But, you know. I thought Xander was trying to position the mirror so we could see Buffy change. Oh, maybe that is what he was doing. And I was like, don't do that. No. <laughs> I like your thing better because it's a less creepy thing for Xander to do. But. Yeah, I think you're right, though. She does have asked Xander his opinion on her, her lipstick, though. Which, again, would have been great for Xander. I can't also tell this was another big friend Xander because Xander goes on being like, well, if you really want to be considered the office slut, I'm like, I don't think that's a real thing, Xander, but... You could give a real answer. And he does sort of give a real answer. He's like, don't do the red. Yeah. I can't remember if Buffy ignores him or not. She says, okay, I'll do the peach. Oh. She does. Then they all are talking about her date. Like, they're, like, actually going to dinner or going to a movie or go to a normal date. And it's just with the bronze. Yeah. It's just with the bronze. Is this the part where Willow goes, I've heard teenagers go to parties? <laughs> I was yeah. Like, Willow, you or, precious bean. <laughs> or they go to the movies. <laughs> and, like, it's like, it's just with the bronze. Let's, let's not pretend you guys go other places. <laughs> it's true. Once in one, the beginning of one season, Willow and Xander go to ice cream. We don't see them Shoot. go out for ice cream. We see them walking near a well, cemetery eating ice in cream. In episode one, we do have Willow and Vampire Dude going to the ice cream from the bronze before he attacks her. Yeah. So there is an ice cream place we know. Yes. So their date is just at the bronze. Their date. So. Giles shows up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Giles shows. She, like, hears someone knocking at the door and goes, oh, that's Owen. And then she opens it and goes, it's Giles. Yep. And he shows up with a newspaper and goes, the prophecies tonight. Five are dead. Did it seem like five people died in that bus crash? No. Like, like I realized it was not shown very well and the driver yelled, are you okay to the bus? But, but like, like, it didn't seem like anyone died. Like, besides the person he maybe hit. Like, yeah. but he shows up. And then Owen shows up immediately after, and 
for once we have someone point out like the strange relationship between Buffy and Giles because he's like looking and then she, Buffy said something about how she had book finds yeah. from the library. Buffy's lie is that she has books over to so Giles has come to her home. And then Owen goes, man, you're really serious about your job. <laughs> that he forgets he has occasionally. Yes. This, this is the same man who was confused about Owen coming to the library. Yeah. And then um, Zan- I wrote Sandra and will like take Owen away. They're like, we need Buffy and Giles still need to talk. You're coming with us. He goes, we are going to take you aside and pretend like we're Buffy's parents. Which is super fun. Like, I just, I mean, we also, know why Xander and Willow are there, but they're just always... And where the fuck is Joyce? Like, where is I didn't, Joyce? I didn't think about this, but, you know, the real answer is, like, you know, they couldn't pay, like, the actress to be in this episode. Probably, yeah. But, like, where is she? Has Joyce met Xander and Willow yet? Because I would love to no, see that interaction. I don't think she has. Joyce sees Xander and Willow. I don't think she has met Xander and Willow. So Xander is like kind of, kind of a dick a little bit. It's like Buffy doesn't like to be kissed or touched or looked at. Yeah, which Willow like pulls him, like she goes like, don't. She's like Xander. Which like, yeah, so Xander, Willow takes the part of reasonable person in this interaction. Which, fair. And that like continues. She knows enough to be like, you need to stop Xander. She like, this continues even as Buffy starts dating vampires, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, that was a good friend. She is. She She's a top-tier friend. And so Giles is talking about how the vamp, the vampire accident, the van accident is, like, you know, all to do with the master and everything. And Buffy's like, you don't know that. It was a van accident, not a vampire attack. Yeah. And he's like, okay, like. Uh, and then they mentioned something about going to the morgue. I really don't remember how Giles ends up deciding to go to the morgue by himself. Well, I think, he, well, I think he was... Gonna, yeah, they go to the morticians, and I think Giles was going to get Buffy to go with him. Yeah, and But then, Buffy's like, well, are you sure? And, like, talks her way out of it. He's like, you know what? Fine, I'll go alone. It's probably nothing. Yeah, and it's like, can I just have, like... A social life for a little bit, and he's like, yeah, you're right, you're right, and, like, because he feels bad. And, he does. And then Willow and Xander are very worried about Giles, so they follow Giles to the morticians. Yeah. Before this, I was like, Buffy leaves with Owen to the bronze right before this, yeah. leaving Willow, Xander, and Giles <laughs> in her house, and we have not seen of Joyce's home yet. And even if Joyce was, why are you leaving all these people in your house? <laughs> I know, like, do they have keys? Can they lock up? I mean, they might. Like, legit. Like, they might. I don't but, think they are because Joyce has not met them yet, we think. Yeah. I don't know. But, but Buffy definitely leaves with her date, leaving everyone else just in her house. Yeah. And then their, like, date that could have been anywhere is just at the bronze. At the bronze. That also sells muffins. They're like, yes. they're dancing, and like, he's like, do you want something to eat? And she goes, oh yeah, sure. And he comes back with like the blandest looking muffin I have ever seen. You know, I would say that clocks, if the bronze is like a teenage place, which I'm certain at this point would sell coffee. Yeah. That does track as like, now why they're doing this like at, like, say seven o'clock at night. 
Yeah. And they're getting muffins then. That's weird. But I don't know. I just found it odd. Muffins just don't seem to fit muffins. the bronzes vibe. That is but true. I just was not expecting a muffin. I just like. I've seen this show so many times, but I'm I just was not expecting I'm curious to see what other food gets acquired at the Bronx. Me too. I just don't remember. So this is where I really started not to like Owen because he pulls the whole, I'm going to compliment the girl I'm attracted to by insulting everyone else of her gender. Yeah. And he goes, I find most, you're not like other girls. I find most other girls frivolous and they don't really care about things. I'm like, fuck Which was you. Dumb. And then Buffy gets like, oh yeah, it goes, oh, there's more important things than dating. And then Buffy gets all bummed Which out. Which is a weird thing to say on a date. I know. <laughs> and like Buffy gets all bummed out because she, like this whole episode, she made a big deal about being able to date. Well, I would have been weirded out be like, world. is this a date to you? Because it seems like it's a date. Yeah, so Giles is going to the morgue by himself and gets confronted by like three vampires immediately. Yes, so Giles goes to audition, which we talked about a little bit. One, was this place supposed to be open when he was going or is Giles about to go break in? I think he was about to go break in because like... Adding to our list of this could be getting casually being criminals. <laughs> They're definitely casually criminals, like, all the fucking time. Good. And then, I think we just immediately go back to the bronze. We do. I was, Unless I, I was made really, it. I wanted this Giles to pull out some really cool trick or something. I do find what he does do, like, hilarious, though. <laughs> the cross? No, that's way later. Just oh. hiding with a body. In oh. one of the drawers. No, he pulls of... out a cross when the vampires come at him. He's like, cross, oh. cross, runs inside. Oh, okay. Yeah. I missed that. I thought I you think, meant when I Buffy... Wrong. But I thought you meant like when Buffy finds him and he's just sort of hiding in the drawer and goes, this guy's been a pretty, been pretty tolerable. Yeah. And I'm like, Giles, I love you so much. Yeah. Um, the main thing is that Giles immediately gets jumped by people. Going yeah. to the park. I love him so much. Oh, and Giles. then, so we go back to the bronze. A new and song is playing. And I wanted to ask you at this moment, are any of the songs from the bronze real songs? Are they written for the show? Are they getting real bands for this? I have no idea. Interesting. I know that Oz, who Willow eventually dates, I'm like 99% sure they actually have, el- his bands actually have albums. Okay. But I Maybe won- that's something I'll research. Uh, maybe not. Yeah. I'm lazy, but we'll <laughs> I'm find out. I'm not sure. But, so this is where I want to track. So Buffy's line is, I almost feel like a girl. <laughs> when yeah. they're dancing. And that just made me think, I'm like, dang, could we see Buffy as non-binary? Interesting. I hadn't read it that way. Because I totally didn't either, but, but then I'm like, but then I'm that, like, because, well, I was watching a reaction video where a guy was reacting to r slash MB, and I'm just like, you know, I could totally see Buffy as that, because she totally doesn't, like, you know, fall into all the super feminine stuff, and, like, all of the time she does, it, like, goes this she tries to it like goes disastrously yeah and like she has like a so interesting crisis over it 
And so that is something we should come back to definitely. Yeah, yeah. like anytime she tries to fit into a super feminine role, she like it goes disastrously, and it's like a huge issue for her. Interesting. So like throughout the whole series, is it just kind of supposed to be interpreted as that? Oh, Buffy's not a super feminine feminine person. Yeah. Or I mean, I mean, I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they were definitely not paying um, painting Buffy as non-binary and trying to get it through censors. I mean. No. But are they using rhetoric that it would point to Buffy being outside? I mean, I don't think so because of the time period, but, like, I could totally see that. So, um, Giles is barricading himself, like, in the morgue part of the morticians. Like, it's like a funeral home. And yeah, like, like, the room, like the room where you, like, do autopsies and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then Xander and Willow show... Giles is just sort of there, like, shit, what am I gonna do? And then Xander and Willow are at the window and are like, okay, what do we do? Like, how, like, can we go in and save you? And they're like, no, there are vampires everywhere. And he goes, can you get through the window? And he's like, no. Nope. There's, like, bars on the window, weirdly. Like, that doesn't seem like <laughs> yeah. a place that a, a yeah. would have bars on their window. It's not, like, yeah. a security thing, would it be? Um, I mean... Grave robbery is a thing. But there's bars in the window, that's the important part. Yeah, and they're like and um Xander and Will are like, We'll figure it out. <laughs> Xander speaks the oh. great line, you know, this might be stating the obvious, but wouldn't it be great if Buffy was here? And then Giles is like, Well, I don't have a phone, and then Will's like, We'll get her here. Yeah, because well, Buffy has a beeper. Yeah, 90s, Buffy has 90s a pager. Tech. Buffy has a pager. Yeah. So Angel shows up. I also up. could be wrong, but again, this is one of those things where if Giles had a stake, or he has the cross, like, again, yeah. they have killed vampires before. Buffy is not the only one in the Scooby gang who can do this. Right. Um, Willow kills one with a pencil at some yeah. point. It's great. Now, granted, they don't have super strength like Buffy. That is fair. Yeah. Um, Angel is at the bronze, and Cordelia goes to hit on... Oh my gosh. So, Owen... And Buffy are... I'm trying to remember how this all comes together. Angel's at the bronze. Cordelia goes up to hit on Angel. Angel is seeing Buffy and... Does Angel see Buffy and Owen? No, because Angel goes up and Buffy's like, dude, I'm on a date. Yeah. And Cordelia... This is after Cordelia goes up to try to hit on Angel... And then Owen comes up to Buffy and Angel. And then Xander and Willow come up to Buffy to try to tell her about, like, the whole situation. And then they pretend to also be on a date. And they're, they're like... Choice. And Xander actually goes with it. Uh, yeah, which was... I mean, it's not surprising, but obviously Willow is, like, for it. Yeah. And Angel says he knows <laughs> Buffy from... And I was like, well, how do you know Buffy? He's like, um, from work. And Owen's like, you work? Yeah, like, I feel like if Buffy had a after-school job, Owen would have known about it by now. Um, Owen is totally down. Um, oh my gosh, why the fuck do they say they're going to the funeral home? They say something about going to the funeral home. I, and well, because they're like, they're on a date. They're like, what do you want to do? Go to a funeral home? And then Owen's like, yeah, cool. Owen's, okay, I think, and they've planted seeds. Owen's a little bit morbid. 
Oh, yeah. Like, not only is he the manic pixie dream boy, he's also like, Emily Dickinson's so creepy, I love it. I was like, Owen has some weird tastes. Yeah, and then he's, like, totally down to go to the funeral home, and Buffy doesn't say anything. She just fucking leaves. And can we talk about how Angel came there and was going to go to the funeral home with them? How does Angel know all this shit? I don't fucking know. Like, Angel shows up like he knows about the prophecy and knows what's gonna happen, and, like, who is updating Angel on all of this? Literally, it's a mystery to me because Angel's like exiled from the other vampires, and we're gonna find out why in a couple of episodes. Okay. So episode seven is where we get Angel's whole backstory, but he's like ostracized from all other vampires. So I have no fucking clue why Angel knows all this. Angel's shit. always in the know. He's just a plot way. device, but yeah. you know, he's just a plot device, and also, you know, we need our love interest. But like. Even in this, like, the plot device didn't need to be there. He did nothing. Xander and Willow said, let's go to the funeral home, which was what the plot needed. Angel and didn't Angel need to be there And Angel doesn't at all. go to the funeral home with them, which gets me. Because Angel yeah. was like, Buffy, you need to go here. And then and then Xander and Willow are like, Buffy, you need to go here. And Buffy's like, okay, cool, let's go there. And fucking leaves Owen. And Angel does not go with them. Yeah. Like, Angel is not at the funeral home. Maybe, I think it's just to have Angel be around, like, oh, he's gonna be important later, so we need to and shoehorn him in. I really think it's like, oh, we didn't pay David to be a star yet. Yeah. Like, we only paid him to feature. Because literally in the credits, it does say featuring David Boreanaz. Yeah, so he's not even on, like, the main, main cast main, yet. Yeah, so, like, he's not in top billing yet, so he can't actually help. <laughs> I no. think it's just to create awkward Angel situations. doesn't need to be in any of the episodes he's in until episode seven, where we learn his backstory. I think Got we it. just need to, like, give a little bit of a shit about who he is. I feel like if we came in episode seven and we're like, here's this guy, we're like, it would be like, oh, what? Yeah. I mean, the important thing we got from Angel in this episode is that he looks better with his eyes open. Yes. So, Giles is... Buffy says bite me at some point. I just wrote that down. I don't remember oh, yeah. when, when she says I, it, I don't remember funny. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you gotta say bite me at least once in some vampire media. Yes. The real crowd place. Um, so, she gets there, and Giles is in a drawer with a dead body. <laughs> yeah, Giles has been hiding... And I forget, I don't even know what they're called. Those, like, body slap things that they always yeah. pull out on crime shows. And then he's like, this guy has been a rather agreeable roommate. And I'm like, okay, Jess. So, did the vampires break into the room? Yeah, they did, because they said they yeah. came in and then they left. So, yeah. Giles actually did have to hide. Yeah, and he was just chilling with the dead body. And so it says they have to stay in the funeral home, because um, he says... They have, oh yeah, Owen followed them there anyway. Yeah, Owen follows them all there and... He's like, hey, I'm here! And Buffy's like, you can't be here. And Sandra and Will are to the rescue and they're like, you're coming with us! Yeah, and um, Giles is like, well, he can't leave because we don't know where the Brotherhood are, which are like the vampires that are there. He's yeah, like, he doesn't want him to get attacked by the vampires that, that like, are we don't know we're there yet. Might be right outside the door. So Xander and Will are like, well, you're going to come with us. 
And so they're like, oh, the office is locked. And Buffy uses her super strength to open the doors. Like, not anymore. She, like, shields her hand doing it with her back. She, like, subtly. And it's not even subtle, because you can, like, hear the fucking door crack. Yeah, you can hear the, the thumb. And then Buffy leaves Owen with Willow and Xander as they're, like, barricading the... Oh, it's not the office. It's the viewing room. Yes, they go into the observation room, and Buffy tells them to barricade the door just in case there's trouble. Which I don't think is a thing, but we won't get into that, because we've gone on enough tangents. <laughs> gonna restrain ourselves so they are like searching all the slabs and there's like no vampires yeah there's no one in any of the the morgue the morgue room there's Um, no one in there so the vampire oh so in the body that's like being observed by the observation room owen's like super horned up for seeing this dead body he's just like oh cool dead body like Really, again, we go back to Owen is morbid. Like, he's really into all this for some reason. Yeah. And then he's like, do they usually move? Yep. The body they see in the room has started to twitch. Yeah. And then it gets up and starts singing this weird, like, spiritual song. Yep. And it's, it's going back to what the master was kind of babbling at the beginning, where it sounds vaguely biblical. Yeah. And then, so... Buff- I forget. Did we get a name? Uh, no. I think I wrote down Borba because I feel like that's what the subtitle said. It is what the subtitle said, but they never actually say it. Um, Okay, I'm going to call him Borba when we're talking about him. Okay. And so Buffy gets... Giles did have a stake and a cross on him. He did, and he used the cross. And gives the stake to Buffy. And Owen tries to help Buffy, but gets knocked out. And Buffy thinks that the vampire killed him by knocking him out with a door. Well, okay, to be fair, the vampire knocks him out and then says, dead. And I was like, you just assumed you killed someone by hitting them once on the head. Doesn't even look that hard. That's not how humans work, but okay. I want, um, Okay, before that, I just want to say, there was a total, literally Scooby gang moment where they went down the hallway, Xander and Willow are running away, they open the door, find the three other vampires, and then immediately shut the door. Yeah! And, and I was like, yes. what a Scooby moment to open the door to the monster who makes yes. no effort to go in and then just close it and it's fine. Um, And then I called the thing. So they open like the fire thing, like where they go to like cremate bodies. And I like to note that I called this the creamer. In my notes, the creamer. Um, They open it and they're like afraid that... Obviously, this is a tension thing where they, like, it obviously looks like the vampire is trying to get Buffy in and then Owen in. And then Buffy and Giles tag team the vampire and throw the vampire in there and shut the door. Um, so, so they vampires kill him. can't be killed by burning alive. Yes. Confirmed. And then Owen Does wakes... it make them go back into dust? Or is it just charred body? I don't know. And Owen wakes up and asks for some aspirin. <laughs> I wrote down, because I was, like, waiting for that, Owen would make a good vampire. Yeah. And I think, I mean, they don't go in the direction, but it would have been really great to have another vampire slightly enthralled with Buffy. And also, he just seems like he'd be into that shit with his whole, oh, dead bodies and all this fun. I was like, you would seem like you'd make a fun vampire. Yeah, yeah, I see your point. But no, so, he's just incoherent from being hit on the head. 
And then he goes, yeah, I was kind of thinking this would end with us being at Ben and Jerry's, which is the ice cream place. Yay! That's the ice cream place is the Ben and Jerry's, which, you know, top notch. And then um, Buffy tries real hard and goes, well, it still could. And he goes, no, I think I'm just going to go home. Where's home? And then Xander and Willow are like, top-notch friends and goes, we'll make sure he gets home safe. Which I thought was funny because he very much goes, I don't want to be around Buff anymore, but is like, but Xander and Willow are okay. Yeah, I know, right? And I was like, like, I feel like you don't want to be around any of these people at the moment. Right. And then we cut to the next day at school and there's like a super sad, like Sarah McLachlan style song playing. Yeah. And I notice how fucking often the Scooby gang drinks Kool-Aid jammers. Were they drinking Kool-Aid? I yeah, did not Willow, notice. Willow was drinking a Kool-Aid jammer and I feel like at least one of them drinks one in every episode. And I just We should start notice that. We should start marking when they do it. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then Xander is trying so hard to, like, be a good friend, but also, like, get his in with Buffy, but yeah. not in, like, a bad friend way, but in, like, he's like, well, wouldn't it be nice to date someone who already knows you're a slayer and is cool with it? And I'm like, oh, Xander. Oh, Xander. And then Owen shows up. He's like, oh, we could try again. And maybe what can we do now? Like, go down a dark alley at 3 a.m.? And he's just a danger jockey. And, and he says, Buffy's- can we go down at 3 a.m. and pick a fight at a bar or something? And I'm like, you are a child. Yeah, and Buffy's just like, nah. Also, Willow and Xander, like, see Owen, and for the first time this episode, they're like, we should leave. Yeah. And I was like, thank you for every other interaction they've had. Why I not know. stay? And then Giles shows up, like, after she sends Owen away, and is just sort of, like, supportively silent for a minute. And then we get, do you want to talk about us getting Giles' backstory? I do. Backstory? We get some Giles' backstory, which... We, I know I asked the question before, when does Giles find out he's the Watcher? Which we find out, he finds out when he's a child, because his father tells him after his father was one and his mother was one. So, Watchers go through bloodline. Yeah, he said his father was one and his father's mother was one. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's not even like one part of the bloodline goes through. Yeah. But it goes through bloodline, and the Slayer doesn't, right? I assume? I Unless you're about to tell me that the Slayer they find later is related to Buffy somehow? Well, I mean, the first other Slayer they find is Black, so... So probably not. I assume she's not related to Buffy, but yeah. But weirdly, we find out the Watcher position is a bloodline thing. Yeah. And then Giles says that when he, he found this out as a child, and he was kind of hesitant at first because he had other plans for his life. Yeah. He says two things. One of them is fighter pilot. He Yeah, and Buffy's like, oh, let me guess. You were super stoked. And he goes, no, actually, I wanted to be a fighter pilot or a grocer. But Which is some great life plans it's right so there. Pure. Fighter pilot or grocer. Giles in, like, Top Gun. It'll be a great spinoff. Listen, you're just making me think of Anthony Stewart head in a bomber jacket. And <laughs> just It would be so good. Or a grocer. Yes, or a grocer. Just like, give me pure Giles energy just bagging groceries. Just, that's what my, our boy deserves. Yes. 
Though Giles is also a little bit of a danger junkie, as we found out before, and we'll continue to find out. He's got some past, and he's kind of into it. We will find out a lot, but, Spike. Yeah. Big dad energy moment for Dolph. It's really sweet. It's so it's good. It's so sweet. And then, yeah, just, this is where, like I said, this episode, we get them, like, being a cohesive gang. Like, we get... Like, just Xander and Willow coming to help with the vampire situation, independent of Buffy. Yeah. And then, like, Giles being, like, Buffy's father figure and, like, admitting that, like, even though the whole time he's been talking to Buffy about how being a slayer is her destiny and she needs to put her social life aside and blah, blah, blah. Like, admitting to her that being a watcher isn't what he wanted to do. Like, it's just, it's so good. It's super sweet, because it's, like, one of those times where, like, not only is Giles being, like, big, Giles realizes that he is this father figure to Buffy, and he's like, yeah. you know what, this is what someone should say to this actual child. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's a teenager, she needs someone who, like, has this life experience to be like, no, I get it. Yeah, and so then we go back underground, and we meet the child that the mother was protecting in the van. And he is the anointed one. They did not... Oh, so the way we go underground is goes, well, we did stop a prophecy today. And we know wherever the master is, he's having a pretty bad, bad day. day. And then we go underground to find out the vampire they killed was not the anointed one. Yep. And the anointed one is the child who was on the van. So was Borbus the vampire we killed? Was he just there then? Was he supposed to die as one of the five? I, no, he didn't because he wasn't one of the five that died. I mean, I don't just, remember because I legit forgot that Luke died earlier and, like, in all my previous, um, like, watchings, I legit thought that vampire was Luke. Oh. You remember that yeah. guy who had the symbol on his yeah, head? Yeah, yeah. I legit thought that vampire was Luke. Interesting. Like, the entire time, and then I'm like, oh, shit, they killed Luke. Yep. Like, way, like, a couple episodes was, ago. Yeah, like so a, that's yeah. a whole different vampire. So, yeah, I don't know. And then, well, then he's talking to all the other vampires and being like, and the Slayer won't fucking kill you guys, unlike all the other fuck-ups who got yeah. killed, because the vamp the master is getting, like, real done with all his, like, vampires Lackies, getting, yeah. getting killed by the Slayer. Which, but he you got know. this prophecy, he's got the anointed one now. Yeah, which is a creepy child who both me and my friend Steven find really annoying. Checks out. That seems like, yeah. like something Buffy he's, would do. He's just so annoying. He's just so annoying. And Spike also finds him annoying. Does this character, does the little child stay around for a while or is he going to be like a one or two off episode? Oh no, he stays around oh, for, he's like, here for a while. For like more than a season. Does he ever speak? Oh yeah. Okay, a so lot. like he, he That's why I find him so annoying. Got it. He's like this precocious. He speak in biblical nonsense like Borbus. Sometimes he gives like he gives off this like precocious horror movie child Got energy, it. which like I have no energy which for. Which sounds like you yeah, know what? Now that I think about, sorry to bring this back to Buffy, I haven't heard a lot of like background music that wasn't just like the bronze. Yeah, there's not a lot of score in this TV show. There really isn't. They're, I mean, they do have a musical episode. I mean, maybe a few times. I'm going to I'm gonna look for a next episode. Yeah. Do we hear background music in this ever? 
That's not just, like, the bronze. I mean, there's the one... I feel like we do later, because the songs we do have background music in, I feel like are super poorly makes. Uh, Because, like, the one that we had right after, like, right before Owen, like, gets all danger junkie on her mm-hmm. that song was like super poorly mixed over the dialogue. <laughs> i mean i was, mean i have no experience in it but in my true. opinion i mean um, every time you have a song with lyrics under actual dialogue it gets hard to do yeah so to end we have your prediction that xander continues to be a cut i almost said coyote which isn't so far off from our next episode <laughs> he's a hyena in the next episode um, yeah. So, I mean, we get to the the master is continuing his villainy. Yeah. And then Xander does become more of a badass, which was one of your predictions. Xander is continuing. I mean, not, no, I, not, like, badass, but, like, I guess, like, becomes a better character. No, yeah, Xander is starting to round out really nicely. Yeah. I mean... So we have, like, we did keep track more of our queer tracker here. We didn't have much for Giles. We Will- literally just said Willow has a flannel on, but I Willow feel like that's wears important. a flannel. I feel like um, that's that, is in- that is important. And then we added Buffy kind of being non-binary. Yeah, which Buffy's is just gender identity. I, I feel like it's more just me projecting, but I, I mean, I can see it. I mean, I think we should look into that. Um... I think what would be interesting is I feel like there's a lot of, like, supernatural beings being non-binary just yeah. because there's a lot of, like, ooh, they're mysterious. They transcend what we consider gender. Right. And I don't know if, like, we'll keep sort of seeing that with Buffy. Right. Like, she's definitely not, like, super feminine. But it was um, really interesting. Her wording was, I feel like a girl. It was like, And okay. she says that a lot. Like, every time she's in, like, a typical relate on dating situation, she goes, I almost feel like a girl. Interesting. Like, that's we'll come back some, to that. That's something, that's something she, like, always says, like, whenever, like, she's doing something, quote-unquote, normal, yeah. is that she almost feels like a girl. And yeah. so that's what makes me think of that. Yeah, because it's not even like I feel like a teenager, or, like, yeah. what would actually be what she's which, doing. Well, which I think is what that's meant to sound like. Yeah, I really think that's can, what's meant. But we meant. can take it but, how we want but to. But this is us. We're also, like, taking these as, like, in the more modern lens, in our own view. I feel like Xander does not have much chaotic bisexual energy in here. I was kind of waiting for when they were talking about him earlier to, like, Xander sort of jump on the train and be like, you're right, he's hot. I feel like Xander doesn't do that a lot, though, because Xander would closet himself too much. Yeah. I mean... So we gotta look for Xander slipping, because Xander's gonna slip up and start... He does that with... I hate that I want to say start complimenting boys and really, like, masculinity should be allowed. You should be able to praise other people who are masculine. But, but. <laughs> you guys know what we mean. Yeah. He does do that a lot with the guy that Willow dates. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Are yeah. like, I don't remember if it's like specifically on looks, but I could totally see it being like from our lens that we're doing. I could totally see it being spun as him having a crush on Oz. 
And after no, no. Oz is like out of the picture, he talks a lot about how much he misses Oz. He's like, Ooh, so we have a potential crush. For yeah, that and it's it's very funny. So there's that, and then predictions. Um, I mean, we know we're about to come up, and Angel's about to be more relevant. Yeah, but Angel needs to have justification for being in the fucking episodes. Please. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna see Owen again, which is a shame. Yeah. I take that back. Again, I think Owen would have made a great vampire, and for Owen to come back as a vampire would be fantastic. I'm certain it's not going to happen, but that would be really cool. Um, we're obviously going to see more with the Anointed One and the Child and the Master. We didn't even say the Master's best line in this when he was doing his whole prophecy mumbo-jumbo and uh-huh. said, and someone will feed himself before coming and seeing me because he has to say his hunger before doing his job. Oh, um, wait. That's not written in the prophecy. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that was so good. Okay, this is going to be really weird, and I'm, it's, we can still add it to the queer tracker. Do we think the Master could be a queer-coded villain? I mean, I don't really see it as much as because, I mean, possibly... I'm but, getting, like, real sassy Disney villain vibes from him. I mean, yeah. Like a mix yeah. between Scar and Hades. And I there's a lot of, it. like, he predictions just, that Scar he and Hades just are doesn't, okay. He just doesn't have, like, the fashion sense and flair that they do, which is why I was saying I don't see it. I would say he has, definitely on the fashions, I would say he has the flair if yeah. only for when he was like, I'm in this prison, slow hand sweep across the wall to show I am in prison. And he has a throne in his prison. He does have a throne. Yeah, okay, you know what? I'll we'll, take it. We'll start seeing what, what the master does. and the ma- I mean, there's also a lot about, like, is queer coding villains a good thing or not? But I think it has very much similarities to a fashionable villain. Yes. And they Mine... are pretty iconic. My opinion on, like, yes, I think there could be problematic, like, origins to it, but I also think this is going to sound a little bit like r slash are the straights okay being like, well, don't you want your representation? (laughs) But I also think it's like we can't just have one type of gay character. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Because I feel like when they started having quote-unquote representation in media and expecting queer people to be happy, it was like, there's Kurt on Glee. (laughs) And everyone else is variations of Kurt on Glee. But um, like I was saying, to go back to the queer villains... I don't want to, like, sound like a problematic, like, straight person saying, like, well, don't you want your representation? But I also feel like there's, like, I feel like it's important to have there be terrible gay people in media. Yeah. Which sounds weird to say, but I feel like it's important because we don't just want there to be, like, one person, like, we don't just want the gay best friend. We don't just want, like, your lesbian aunt. Like, you know, we don't just want, like, I don't want to, like, yes, I do want to see 
healthy gay relationships represented on TV shows, but I also want to see unhealthy relationships represented on TV shows, but I want to see them represented as being unhealthy. Like, because... Yeah. Like, I don't want them to be like, oh, well, this is just how gay relationships are. But, you know, I want to see, because, like, queer people are people. Shocker. I know. I know. But, like, I want to it to be shown that there's a variety of people. And, yes, I know including supernatural villains in this <laughs> is kind of a whole other thing. But that's, like, my input on that whole discourse and, like, saying, like, that, like, oh, is it a bad thing? And, yes, it could be very problematic because, yes, it is problematic that they coded the villains in the past to be queer, to be ethnic. And that is very problematic and horrible. But I think if we look at it and we reclaim it as so many queer people have, then we can make it fine. And we can make it a good thing. I like also Disney as a company, especially when those original classic villains were made, was a hugely problematic company. And we can address that while still loving the art that was produced. Like we can address that people who created art are monsters or just plain old bad people and still appreciate the art. Yeah. And I mean, it depends on the art. Like there's some, if it's like watching a Disney movie, if it's like watching Sleeping Beauty, but also knowing that Disney was a hugely sexist, racist, and problematic company at the time of the making of that movie, that does not take away from my enjoyment of watching Sleeping Beauty. Anyway, I that don't... That was a giant rant to the Disney villains. And I mean... But. I'm, I'm I don't know. I think the in. master is a very theatrical villain. Gay culture and theatrical culture are so entwined. Yeah. Which is something we could also speak about for at length as yeah. queer people who perform. Yes. Like, yeah. And also the fact that, like, lesbians aren't part of that and that lesbians yeah. are coded as being, like, dull and just, just dumb. Like, manly, quote-unquote, and I'm like, as my voice is Guys, getting... there are femme lesbians. Amazing, I know. As my voice is getting deeper as this podcast goes <laughs> on, I swear it's just because we've been talking for two hours and I haven't got up to get a drink. Um, but, like, you know, that's also problematic. There are femme lesbians. There are people who can be lesbians. And, you know, like, there's... Whatever. Like, however you want to be your sexuality or gender is fine. Like, yeah. and I feel like media, like, also portrays that. And I do like that, unless I'm remembering incorrectly, it doesn't change Willow's presentation at all, like, when they start queer coding her. She does get a haircut. But, like, that's it as far as, like, they don't make her, like, super butch or anything. Yeah. Which, like, if you're a super butch lesbian, again, that's fine. Like, that's you doing you. But it's not, like, I think it's important that they don't change Willow's presentation and, so yeah. much. Like, she's still kind of, like, 
the more, like, how she's changing her dress is, like, just how a character would, like, change their dress as they're growing up and aging. Like, and she's, like, getting more confident and, like, growing more into herself. It's not, like, oh, she's gay, we're only going to dress her in combat boots and flannels now. What's really interesting, and what means spoilers for our audience who hear this we're probably going to do the l word gen q at some point yeah the l word is kind of famous for not putting butch lesbians in their shows all the main characters are super femme to the point where someone's like guys you're in la there's butches everywhere (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah almost everyone in the l word is pretty pretty femme so it's sort of like we want the male gaze probably and that might be what they're going for again los angeles y'all Right. <laughs> Not like, everyone is white and femme. Yeah, that's, that's okay. another thing. That's something else. We get, like, three characters of color in Buffy. And that can probably come up when we see those characters. Yeah. And see it's, how they're handled. It's not hand... Handled well? It's could have been handled better, could have been handled worse. I was going to say, is it handled in a way we would expect from a 90s TV show at this time? Yeah. Like, I keep saying, like, the 90s is so far away. I... The 90s isn't that far away. You know, we need to or stop saying it was the 90s. We do need to, like, I feel like it's important to view it through a 90s lens, yeah. but also not just brush off the problematic things by saying it was the 90s. That's true. That doesn't, that doesn't it, excuse what happened. That doesn't make it not a problem. Yeah. But, you know, I will say it could have been handled worse. That's the credit I'll give them. <laughs> you know. Um... That was a really long tangent for both of us. We were doing predictions. Yes. I guess I am waiting for the master to become as that line in Mega Mind goes, to be a supervillain, you need presentation. Yes. Waiting for more presentation master. Hi. Editing Sophie here. So despite the fact that this episode is already super long, we forgot to put in our socials and such at the end. So really quickly, you're listening to, wait, you've never watched? Thank you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also listen to our episodes at our website, waityouvenevertwatched.podbean.com. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at waityouvenevertpod, and you can email us at waityouvenevertwatched at gmail.com. Now here's Kat to sign us off with a line from the episode. All right, said, and remember, if the apocalypse comes, beat me. I